Hello and welcome back to OT Talk with Mr. T, the show where we talk how to live occupationally with using fine motor and functional life skills. I'm your host, Mr. T. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. We're talking functional life skills, functional independence, functional occupational living, especially in our crazy times. I wanted to talk today a little bit, going back to using yourtherapysource.com, but bringing it into practical needs for today's day and age. Now that a lot of us have to work remotely from home, including yours truly, including myself, seeing students on teletherapy online with Google Meet, it's... um. It's a hard thing to be able to work from home, and it's hard to sit still, it's hard to maintain focus, it's hard to be able to keep the proper position. So let's talk a little bit about brain breaks, because if you have to walk f- work far, f- if you have to work four hours straight, like I try to see the eight students in a row, Google Meet, it's pretty difficult. We need those breaks. Also, we need to make sure we have the proper positioning. So with the help of yourtherapysource.com, let's talk about some brain breaks and proper positioning. First, let's talk about the brain breaks. You know how much we love the idea of using Go Noodle, and we love we love all the things they have on Go Noodle. They have Zumba for kids. They have Tai Chi for kids with Maximo. They have jumping and dancing using Kids Bob, which I love also. They have so many good channels and so many good things, but it's important to incorporate it into your regimen, into your day, into your schedule, into your routine. Especially for the kids now, they need the routine, they need the schedule, have to make it for the kids, have to make it for ourselves, but we have to incorporate the movement into the kids' day, into their routine. We tried it with our two boys last week and this week, thanks to my wife, and we found a, I forgot what the app is called, but it's like Harry Potter and the different stories and different movements. I forget what the name of the app is, but I know it's a very cool way of getting kids to move, whether it be Tai Chi or yoga or the like, and they they tell stories to get them to move, and it's a very cool app. If I think of it later, I'll share it with you, but it's a really cool thing to get them involved. And also, the brain breaks, just getting them to move is good. If you need to, to move, then you should realize that it should be more than you think. Every one to two hours is too little. We've talked before how really every 20 to 30 minutes for a minute or two, but a couple of times an hour, two to three times an hour would really be ideal. And it should be incorporated not into the classroom, but also into the homework environment. There are some break break routines that can use, that we could use to help ourselves and not just children understand expectations. It allows children and ourselves to give our brains and our bodies a well-deserved break from learning and from working, especially remotely, help us process new information and help us get out of habits and routine and being stuck. I wouldn't recommend my regimen when I was studying in in graduate school. I would go hours without break just because I wanted to get through the material, not the recommended course of action. Got to take a lot of breaks, got to get up and get moving, and got to get yourself part and parcel of moving around. If you could study while moving, that would be good too. So deep breathing is very good. There are different types of breaths you could take. There are different types of, of ways of bringing the breath in. If you inhale and you hold it for five seconds and then you exhale, that's good. If you inhale for three seconds and you hold it for a few seconds and exhale for a few seconds, that's good. Also, if you inhale with the hands and, and hold it, then exhale with the hands also. Different ways of doing deep breathing. There are many ways of doing so, but breathing with deep breaths is very good. There's also brain break activities, especially with the use of GoNoodle.com, fantastic website. And there are all those situations that can be used on GoNoodle and that kids program also that has stories. It might be called Storybook or something like that. 
It could also review or introduce work material or active material with movement. Even in, in our school, we use also the Brain Break program. No reason why it can't be used for adults, too. Even if you're doing something as 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 business-oriented as accounting or tax, there's no reason why you can't introduce it with a little movement and get everybody moving, especially if you're sitting at a computer all day. Also, you can cool down with exercises, especially with movement focus and movement abilities such as yoga itself, different poses and the like. And you could also begin with deep breathing or turning on the listening ears. You could use it even for adults. And you could participate in the brain break activity of a cho- of your choice. You can review some academic or work material for several minutes. You may want to sneak in some cognitive practice after the physical brain break for yourself, for work, or for students for a few minutes or introduce new material with a kinesthetic approach. Always good to have hands-on learning and hands-on work. You can also finish up with a few minutes of cool-down and exercises that help to improve focus, such as yoga. If you finish each brain break session throughout your day with a calm-down poem or the same yoga poses every time to signal to yourself or to the children that the brain break is over and they need to return to, to academic or work, remote learning work, that's a good way and you can incorporate it into your own routine. You can incorporate it into your own schedule. Also important, though, with the help of yourtherapysource.com to have the proper positioning. We've talked about this before on the show, but good to review and to reiterate, especially now that a lot of us, again, including myself, are working from home for the unknown amount of future, for the foreseeable future. Young children and students, especially adults who work from home, spend more and more time keyboarding for written expression and spend more and more time at the computer for written work or the like. Whether it be at home before children are school-aged or sitting long hours typing away throughout a child's educational career or as adults when we're doing our work, the workstation must be set up efficiently to allow for proper positioning while keyboarding or doing work. There are different items to check to ensure that a keyboarding work workstation is set up properly or if you're sitting at your table you're sitting at your desk you want to make sure it's set up pro- properly when i first started seeing students in teletherapy in the workstation section of our attic the desk was not really a desk it was a coffee table and i was hunched over it was a very uncomfortable working environment very uncomfortable working experience i did not like it did not enjoy it led to some back pain our solution was to get the bed raisers the bed risers to raise the desk instead of lowering myself raise the desk you could lower yourself or you could raise the surface my solution our solution was to raise the surface so we put those things that you put under beds to raise them the first time i ever saw that was in college with my roommate we had a cockroach problem so he put the beds on the risers because he was convinced the cockroaches wouldn't jump on the bed but would be dismayed at the raising of the bed. But that was the first time I ever saw it. But now we thought to use it for the desk. We took the coffee table, made it into a desk, took two of them, the bed raiser, risers, not just the six-inch one, but then the three-inch one, so it raised it all the way up to a proper level, to a good height, a good working height, and it felt much more comfortable, much more office-oriented, much more desk-oriented, and the like. And that's about ergonomics. That's about having the proper position, the proper movements, and the proper workflow for you to be the most efficient and the most most practical. We want to make sure that the top of the monitor screen or the top of the laptop or whatever you're using to work on is at or below eye level. If you're looking up or you're looking down to get to the screen, you know it's not at the right level. We should try to adjust it. If the screen can move up or down, fantastic. If it cannot move down because you're too up, then we have to figure out how to lower yourself. Maybe the chair 
can be lifted or lowered if it needs to be raised but the screen itself can't be raised maybe put a book or two underneath it and raise the monitor if it's one of those old school computers like the the mac the compact or whatever before hp from like the 1990s we'd have to figure out a way to, to raise the whole computer but nowadays if it's like one of these slim iMacs or macbooks or the like it's not so difficult to do that especially for the monitor we want to make sure it's at that eye level the monitor and the keyboard also should be directly in front of the head and the body. It doesn't make sense if your monitor is like 150 degrees to your right or 120 degrees to your left that should really be straight in front of you. Also doesn't make sense if the keyboard's at a weird 90 degree angle. It should be straight in front of you, directly in front of the head and body for their proper alignment. We also want to make sure that the viewing distance from the individual, from the person to the computer monitor, is somewhere between 18 and 30 inches. About arm's length, that's about a foot and a half or two and a half feet away from you, not like 15 feet away from you, not not 10 inches away from you. You should have the proper distance between yourself and the computer, that 18 to 30 inches viewing distance between you and the computer monitor. Also, we want to make sure there's no glare from the windows or the lights reflecting on the monitor screen. We want to make sure that the seat provides support for the lower back. The seat width and depth are suitable. The work surface is at the proper height, that the forearms are horizontal or angled slightly downward. It's good to have the 90-90-90. We want the back to the legs to be 90 degrees, the legs to the to to the lower part of the legs, the tibula fibula, to be 90 degrees. We also want the 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 leg, the bottom of the legs to the ankle to be 90 degrees too, and we also want the arms to the forearms to be 90 degrees too when they're resting on the surface. That's the 90-90-90 rule. We also want to have this proper support, not just in the back, but also in the bottom, and you have the proper seat width and dip also are also good, and the work surface should be at that proper height. We want them to have everything the proper height and the angles. The legs and feet should have enough space under the work surface, and we want to make sure that any accessories like a computer mouse are within reach. There's also ergonomic material. Some keyboards are better than others. Some mouses are better than others. You want a wired one or a wireless or an ergonomic mouse. Those are all different things. You could see different episodes where we talk about them, but we just wanted to, again, reiterate now that some of us, so many of us, are working from home to make sure to have proper brain breaks and to make sure to have proper positioning so you could have a more functional day especially when working from home. Join us next time as we continue talking about different tips and tools here on OT Talk with Mr. T. And I'm your host, Mr. T.